Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. You can't be made right with God by anything that you can do in your own strength. You can't be made right with God by anything that you can do within your own righteousness. You can't be, you can't be made right with God because you wear a three-piece suit to church or you can't be made right with God because you're trying to cuss less. Amen. You can't be made right with God because you're even trying to just within your own strength trying to be a better person. Or you're not made right with God because of these things. All right. This, 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 my friend, is what the religious, this, this is what religion teaches. This is what the Pharisees were teaching. And this is the pharisaical mindset that Jesus was against. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back here to the Kingdom Rock Network. I am so excited that you have decided to join in with me today. I don't believe that you're here by accident and I don't believe that you're here by coincidence, but I believe that the Lord has led you here because he has something great, something great in store for you. And I don't believe that you want to miss it. Amen. So we are actually going to continue in a current series that we are in called Walking Through the Word. Now, this series is a series of us going through the book of John in a commentary slash teaching style to understand the certain truths that the Lord is trying to reveal to us in this book. Amen. So this is going to be part 11. And if you haven't already done so, I definitely encourage you to go back and watch part one through 10. And you can find these on the Kingdom Rock, Kingdom Rock Network or KingdomRock.org. Again, that's going to be KingdomRock.org. Amen. So again, this is going to be part 11. And if you want to give today's message a title, we're going to call it the bread of heaven, the bread of heaven. Amen. So we're not going to prolong any time. We're going to get right into the reading of the word and pick up where we left off it. Amen. So right now we are currently in John six and we're going to start back off at verse 16. And we're going to be reading from a new living translation. And it reads as follows. That evening, Jesus, Jesus's disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and darkness still rather, but as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and, and headed across the lake to Capernaum. Soon a gale swept, uh, swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water towards the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them. Don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in a boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. The next day, the crowd had stayed on a far shore. Rather, the crowd that had stayed on a far shore saw that Jesus's disciples had taken the only boat and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the where the Lord Jesus had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned with perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. 
They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they replied, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my father's will that all who sees his son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? But Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said. For no one can come to me unless the father who sent rather, but no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up as it is written in the scriptures. They will, they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the father. Only I who has, who was sent by God have seen him. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread of heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I offer for the world, is my flesh. Then the people began to argue with rather the people began arguing with each other. Uh, then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They ask. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors as your ancestors did even though they ate manna but will live forever he said that rather he said these things while he was teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum many of his disciples said this is hard to understand how can anyone accept it Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining and he said to them does this offend you then what will you think if you see the son of man ascend to heaven again the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. In the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew that one would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said rather. And he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said people can't come to me unless the father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe 
we believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I choose the 12 of you, but one is the devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. Amen. Again, and we're again coming from John 6, um, chapters, rather John 6, chapter 16 through 70. So there was a lot of reading, but let's get right into it. Amen. So let's first look back here at verse 26. I want to read this again. And let's really just dive into this part right here. Jesus says in verse 26, he says, I tell you the truth. If you want to be with me, or rather, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life. The son of man can give you for God. The father has given me the seal of his approval. Amen. So first thing I want to note here is that there is always every time Jesus did a miracle, many of the things that Jesus did of his miracles, the miraculous signs, the wonders, understand something. There was always a message or there was always a revelation behind the miracles. Oftentimes the reasoning of what Jesus did or said will go over many people's head. Amen. Jesus wasn't in the business of trying to impress people. He wasn't doing miracles or miraculous signs to try to impress people. Um, he wasn't trying to do party tricks. Um, rather, there are, again, oftentimes gems, revelation or teachings that he's trying to reveal to us. And that's why he says, um, uh, you only want to be with me. You only want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. So though he was compelled, if you were, if you were called back to when he felt when he fed the 5,000, 5,000 plus people in a previous chapter, um, rather in the same chapter earlier in this chapter, if you remember uh, Jesus, he was compelled by compassion and he saw many people were in fact naturally hungry. But understand there was uh, there was a much deeper reasoning why the miracle was performed. All right, there is a much deeper reasoning and understanding of the miracle than what meets the eye. Amen. So we have to understand that there is always a message in the miracle. There's always a message in the miracle. So every time Jesus did the miracle, we had to find a message. We had to see the message in which he was trying to give us. So then this begs the question, what is the message of this miracle of feeding the 5,000 that Jesus was trying to reveal to us? was actually very simple. He tells us here in verse 27, and it says, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. So the message that Jesus was trying to get them to understand by feeding the 5,000 was the message of eternal life. Amen. And we know that eternal life comes through Jesus. He says it here. Um, this is the God. This is the very gospel that we preach. Uh, we all know John three sixteen for God. So love the word that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the gospel that we preach. This is the eternal life that we have through Christ Jesus. Now, at this point, we must remember that the people of Israel were under the system of the law. Amen. Which in essence states that in order to be made right with God, you had to do this or you have to do that. All right. This was also the mindset of the Pharisees of this time. This was the mindset of the Pharisees. But understand that this was a grave mistake on their behalf. And it saddens me to say that many people in the church today, many people uh, in, in today's uh, this walk, they have the same mindset in order to be made right with God. You had to do this or you had to do that. Amen. And we know that this was a rather and we know that this was a mindset um, 
that 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 they had because we can see their response to when Jesus said he he's trying to you know show them uh spend your energy seeking uh eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Look at their reaction. Look at their response in verse twenty eight. Um, it says they replied, "We want to perform God's works too. What should we do?" Amen. So they said, what should we do? But watch how Jesus responds here in 29. He says, uh, it says, Jesus told them the this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one that he has sent. And he's talking about himself. So, again, Jesus throughout the gospels, throughout the, the, the life of ministry, throughout uh, Jesus's life and throughout his ministry, we can see him oftentimes coming face to face with the law. We can see him oftentimes coming face to face with this mindset. You got to do this in order to be made right with God. But it was this mindset that Jesus was trying to dismantle, um, which which they were adopting, which the Pharisees were teaching in which what the people were adopting. And again, we can see this in the response. They said, what should we do? We want to perform these works. To what should we do? Amen. And again, throughout the Gospels, we can see this. But notice uh, again, notice how Jesus, he didn't clash with sinners. It wasn't the sinners that he clashed with. It wasn't um, um, the Gentiles that he clashed with. But again, it was this mindset um, of the Pharisees that they were teaching that he will oftentimes clash with. Amen. Now, understand that this wasn't because Jesus hated the Pharisees. It's, it's not because he just had, you know, something against them. This wasn't this wasn't it. But rather it was, the again, the doctrine of the law that they were teaching, um, which and understand for them to believe that doctrine of the law to do this, to be made right with God. This was a very thing that would keep them away from Christ. And this is why Jesus had a big problem with that mindset. This is why Jesus had a big problem with the Pharisees. And I want to say something and, 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 and I want to say this with confidence and I want to say this and I want to expound on it. Amen. But I want to say this. Understand that the greatest enemy of the cross is actually the law. The greatest enemy of the cross was the law. All right. The greatest enemy of the cross isn't sin. The greatest enemy of the cross isn't death, but rather it was the doctrine of the law that the Pharisees taught. Now, you may be thinking that, you know, this is this is a blasphemous statement to make, but understand that the law that was given to Moses to give to the people of Israel, it was never given to them in order to be made right with God. The law was given in order to show how guilty of sinners we were. The law was given to show just how messed we were, just how messed up we were. This was the purpose of the law. And we know this to be true because Paul says in Romans 3.20, he says, For no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised through the writings of the rather as as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So you can't be made right with God by none of your works. You can't be made with, you can't be made right with God by anything that you can do in your own strength. You can't be made right with God that any by anything that you can do within your own righteousness. You can't be you can't be made right with God because you wear a three piece suit to church, or you can't be made right with God because you're trying to cuss less. Amen. You can't be made right with God because you're even trying to just within your own strength trying to be a better person. Or you're not made right with God because of these things. All right. This this this, my friend, is what the religious this this is what religion teaches. This is what the Pharisees were teaching. And this is the Pharisaical, Pharisaical mindset that Jesus was against. 
But again, John tells us that the law, I believe early in, in John, uh, John one, I believe John says that the law came to Moses, but grace and truth comes through Christ Jesus. All right. So it's not about what you can do to be made right with God. It's not about uh, uh, what you did, but it's about what Jesus has already done for you in order to be made right with God. Amen. He is the bread of life. He is eternal life and eternal life comes only through him. Amen. So let's again look back here at verse 29. Let's continue to read right here. 29 says, uh, this is the only work God wants you. Rather, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Amen. And when I see this, this truly does show the simplicity of the gospel. This should just simply believe in him. Believe, Jesus said, simply just believe in me. This, the gospel is actually very simple. But again, oftentimes simple things go right over our heads and we try to overcomplicate the simple things. I love how Jesus says in Matthew 18, 3, he says, um, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. I love this because when you really think of a child, if you ask a six year old what he wants to be when they grow up, if you ask a six year old what, what they want to do or what they want to be, they may say or astronaut or a policeman or, or, or a nurse or a firefighter. Um, and, and understand this. When a child says this as a six year old child, when they say this, I can recall back to when I was a child and I wanted to be this, that and the other. Understand that I was fully convinced as a child that this was going to happen. I was fully convinced as a child that I was going to be a firefighter. I was fully convinced as a child that when I grew up, I was going to be a dinosaur. There was nothing that could tell me otherwise that this wasn't going to happen. And this is this, I believe, is why Jesus oftentimes tells us to be like children in order to enter the kingdom, because children are fully convinced of truth, whether it's whether it's real or fiction or whatever the case it is. Children are fully convinced. So in order to receive the gospel, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must be childlike in this way, because the gospel is actually very simple. When Jesus says, I have died for you, we simply just accept it. There's nothing more that we can do. There's nothing more that we can do within our own works to try to, you know, make it work for us because he has already done the work for us. Amen. You must be fully convinced again, even as a six year old is convinced that he can be this or that um, or whatever. When he grows up, this is how we must be convinced when it comes to the gospel. Amen. It's nothing that we can do. It's a gift. The salvation is a gift. It's nothing that we can do. We simply just believe. Amen. Hallelujah. And again, this is how we must be. Again, we don't work for salvation. We simply repent and turn from our sin and accept the work that Jesus has done. Amen. Yet the people here in John six still couldn't accept this. They still couldn't grab hold to it. Look at verse 30. Look how they responded back to Jesus. They say, uh, show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And again, we can see here how they're trying they're trying to complicate something, that, a simple truth that God is trying to give us through, through Jesus. The good news, the gospel of, of Christ, the goodness of Christ is so simple, but yet they're still trying to overcomplicate it. Again, they're, they're here asking for signs, you know, do this for us to believe in you. This, that and the other for us to believe in you. Feed us so that we may believe in you. All these things. But again, it goes back to being like a child. As a child, if I tell a child that his favorite fictional cartoon character is outside the door, he's going to be like, where, where, where? I want to meet them. But if you tell me as a grown adult that my favorite NBA player is at my house right now, and he wants to eat dinner with me. I'm going to tell you to prove it to me. I'm going to tell you to send me a picture. 
Amen. But this is how we aren't supposed to be when it comes to the gospel. This is how we are not supposed to be when it comes to the good news of Christ. We simply must be like children. If Jesus says this, we must simply accept it and believe it. If God says this, we must simply accept it and believe it. This is what it means to have childlike faith. Amen. But again, the people here, they could not accept it. They kept asking for miraculous signs. He said, do this for us to believe in you. Again, again, amen. Again, they're trying to complicate it. They're trying to they're trying to make it something that it's not. Amen. It's so simple, yet they wanted to, to complicate things. It was so simple, yet they wanted Jesus to perform all these signs and miracles and wonders. But let's look here at verse 32, how Jesus responded. He says this. Uh, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be thirsty, right? will never be hungry, hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but but you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the father have given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me. But that I should raise them from the rest rather, but I should raise them up at the last day for it is my father's will that all who see the son and believe in him should have eternal life i will raise them up at the last day then the people began to murmur and disagreement when he said i am the bread that came up from heaven they said this isn't this jesus the son of joseph we know his father and mother how can he say i came down from heaven but jesus replied stop complaining about what i said for no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them and that that and that the last day i will raise them up as it, as it is written in the scriptures, they will, they will they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father. Only I who has who was sent by God have seen him. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, the bread. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they have all died. Anyone who eats the bread of heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I offer for the world so that the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people begin arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat my flesh, whether unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but will live forever. Amen. Now, understand something here. Jesus isn't speaking of cannibalism. We, we, let's just go ahead and establish that point. Jesus isn't speaking of cannibalism. That's not what he is saying here. Um Instead, Jesus is using this imagery to show us that the reality of his body that will be broken for us as well as his blood that will be shed for us through accepting, uh, through, and do accepting that eternal life will become ours. 
do accepting what he was going to do on a cross by giving his body, by letting his body be broken, by letting his blood be poured out. He understood that once you accept this, once you believe this eternal life may now come to you. This is the reality for us as believers. And just as food and drink is fuel to the body, so is the flesh and blood of Jesus uh, to our new lives, to our new lives in him. Amen. Eternal life is in him, but it's through his flesh, it's through his blood, it's through his sacrifice on the cross. Amen. So we must accept and we must accept this reality. Amen. And this even speaks of communion. We can see here in Luke 22, 19, uh, verse 19 to 20, Jesus says this. It says uh, he took the bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took rather after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people in agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So even here at the Last Supper, we can see this truth that Jesus is trying to highlight for us. Even here at the Last Supper, Jesus is trying to show us eternal life is through his flesh. Eternal life is through his blood. This is what Jesus is trying to paint for us. This picture that he's trying to paint is actually our reality. And he's trying to show us this. This is what he was trying to show them, but it was going right over the head. They weren't able to accept it. Amen. Jesus is saying what I will do for you. He's saying partake of my body. He's saying partake of my blood for in my body and in my blood is eternal life. But you must partake of me. You must partake of it. Amen. So we must accept this truth. We must accept what he did on the cross for us. And even as we partake of communion, we honor him. And I love how Paul says in the first Corinthians eleven twenty six. he says, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And this is truly a important proclamation um, because when we proclaim his death, that was due to us. We receive the life that was that was rightfully his. And then when we, when we proclaim his death, that was due to us. We received the life that was rightfully his. We received his life that was rightfully his. Amen. Therefore, we must partake of the bread. We must partake of the cup. We must partake of his flesh. We must partake of his blood. This is the truth that Jesus was trying to reveal to them. This is the revelation that Jesus was trying to reveal to them. He was trying to reveal that he is the bread of heaven. He is the bread of life. And notice how Paul says, uh, I, I love how the KJV says it. It says, as often as you do this. So when Paul says this, he's actually denoting that there should be a continuation of this. You got to recall back to when, 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 uh, when God, when God fed the people of, of, of Israel in the wilderness, man, uh, they, they fed on it for 40 years until they got to the promised land. They continually fed on that until they got to the promised land. So there's a continuation of feeding on this. There's a continuation of partaking of his blood. There's a continuation of partaking of his flesh until we get to the promised land, to, until we get to the promise, the promised land. Amen. It's a continuation thing. Amen. So if they did this for the manna that God gave them on earth, what more for the manna or the bread of life or the manna of heaven, the bread of heaven. Amen. We must do this. Hallelujah. So, again, there should be a constant, a constant continuation of partaking, of partaking of him, of partaking of his flesh, partaking of his blood. And I'll take it a step further. Um, there should also be a continuation of consuming even the word of God. Amen. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you seek the scriptures looking for eternal life, but they point to me. 
Amen. We must partake of him. We must partake of his flesh. We must partake of his of his blood. We must partake of his word. We must be filled with it. Amen. He is our daily bread. Amen. And let me continue here in first, uh, verse 58. It reads as follows. It says, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples said, this is a very this is very hard for us to understand. How can anyone accept this? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the son of man ascend to heaven again? The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Again, it's not about works. Again, it's not about the law. It's not about trying to do this. This is why Jesus said human effort accomplishes nothing. Amen. In the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of Jesus's, rather many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one is the devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. Amen. So this concludes chapter six here of John. Amen. Jesus was trying to tell these people. He was trying to show them that he is the bread of heaven. He is through him, through his flesh, through his blood, through partaking of him. There is eternal life. And it is only through that vessel, it is only through this means that we can receive eternal life. This is what Jesus was trying to show them, but they missed it. This is what Jesus is trying to show us, and I pray that we don't miss it. Amen. So again, this concludes here. Uh, this is uh, part 11 of walking through the word. I pray that it has truly blessed you. I pray that it has given you insights, and I pray that it has given you understanding of his glorious word. Amen. So before we actually head, I want to pray um, wherever you are, just bow your head unless you're driving and keep your eyes on the road. But let's go ahead and pray. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for this time that we have been able to come here together, Lord God, to partake of your word. We thank you for your spirit that has taught us for he is the teacher. We are just vessels, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord God, for using me, Lord God, to speak a word to your people. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking a word to me. I receive it right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray that you continue to show us the truth in your word, the revelation in your word, Lord God, so that we may grow in the knowledge of who Christ Jesus is. Lord God, we just thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for continuing to give us a new hunger, a greater hunger for your word, a greater thirst for you, Lord God. Father God, for you say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. So, Lord God, we just pray that even though, Lord God, that you continue to cultivate a hunger in us to want to get closer to you. We pray that you continue to cultivate a hunger in us to want to get into your word, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you give us grace, Lord God, to walk this walk out, Lord God, Jesus even as Jesus did the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, for this day. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I pray that this has blessed you. I pray that you have, again, gotten truth and insight and understanding. And again, as I oftentimes say, don't just read the word with me. Develop your own personal time with the Lord and begin to get into the word yourself. 
start somewhere, even if it's just one scripture per day, start somewhere and let the Lord grow you and give you grace in this. Amen. I love you all and I will see you all next time for part 12. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.